Welcome back to If I Only Knew. Today, Matt, we're joined by two fantastic guests, Sophia and Gillian, both of whom have really interesting takes on a woman's view of Appified dating. So I'm going to start with what I think to be quite a cool story. Gillian, do you want to tell us how you got to Australia? Yes, absolutely. So I'm sure you can tell from my accent, I am American. I was there in America dating on apps. Um, I was actually on the app called Hinge when I met my current partner, Luke, who is, uh, who is Australian. Uh, so Luke was actually living in my hometown of Pittsburgh when we met and go Steelers, go Steelers. <laughs> and, uh, we were, we started dating, um, and chatting online and we really had the same kind of goals. And um, we started talking and seeing each other and we dated for only about six weeks. And then Luke moved back to Australia. After all that, uh, we kept talking. And eventually, we, I decided to make the leap and I came to live in Australia. But none of that would have happened if I hadn't met him on a dating app. So Hinge should put you on a, an ad. <laughs> you know, I make up that you're a very good looking couple. I haven't seen Luke. I, I want to ask, what was the advantage to using an app like that versus maybe going out to a nightclub or a house party and meeting friends? Where were the advantages of the app over sort of more traditional styles of dating? Sure. So I think in, so I'm 31. Um, in my dating experience, if a man was to come up to me in a bar or wherever, frankly, I would find it a little creepy. Um, that's just not traditionally how it happens now. It's, it's, I don't want someone coming up to me when I'm having a good time and, um, with the whole Me Too movement and all of that, I think. It's very much don't bother me when I'm out with my friends. If I want to date someone, it's going to be on my terms and my, um, I'm going to look for someone. Aside from dating with technology, I really don't know how you would meet someone organically unless it was at a party or through mutual friends. Absolutely. But never a stranger yeah. that would come up to you at a bar. I guess the question for me is that the story about you and Luke is phenomenal. Before meeting Luke, were there less than sterling experiences on dating that you're prepared to share? Oh, sure. From online. Yes. So I have dated a good bit from online. And it's always my philosophy that when I date, I say what I'm looking for right off yep. the bat. Because like I said, I'm 31. I'm not going to waste any time finding the person I want to spend my life with. So um, I always would say exactly what I wanted, what I was interested in. And sometimes I would meet people and we'd go out, have dinner. I never had a, a very bad experience. Um, and very much upfront. If I didn't like the way it went, I was, I would happily say, Hey, this was fun. Maybe we can be friends, but I'm not up to date you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a few times I would be, I had gone out with somebody and then they did what's called ghosting. I'm yeah. sure you guys know that. Yeah. Um, see episode three. In fact, yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, ghosting is really uh, not a nice thing. So I have a question about that because yeah. they say that the a couple of the pitfalls of online dating is that men get quite aggressive. They tend to respond to women through online apps in ways that they wouldn't do to your face. Sure. Um, and that their expectations are generally a little bit more narcissistic and a little bit more about, 
instant gratification, whereas women are tending to use technology to find lasting relationships, like your fantastic relationship Mm -hmm. with lovely Aussie Luke. You know, Mm -hmm. can't have an Australian guy on an app. Of course, they're going to get the girl. (laughs) Do you think or have you either of you ever experienced or any of your friends experienced that kind of, um, you know, zero to 100 aggression that happens with online dating? A good bit of my friends are still on on, online dating, and I think they do see that a lot. You know, I've had guys message me with less than polite things to start off the conversation yeah. or we'd be chatting, whatever. And then all of a sudden would say something very sexual and inappropriate. Yeah. And yeah, that's the kind of stuff. So I guess in that instance, yeah, it goes to people when that stuff starts to happen. I'm not interested. So yeah. Well, it's sort of cross so, purposes, isn't it? They yeah. want to find out whether or not, you know, it's sort of that thing as to whether or not this is going to lead to sex, which a lot of people see as a legitimate use of the apps, but really I kind of wonder if that's a bit dehumanizing and if you're blocking them, I suspect part of it is that. Sophia, you've got friends in the dating scene. You're a bit younger than Gillian and I. What's it like when you're starting out in that dating world and people are relying on apps? What have you heard? What are the goods, the bads and the stuff in the middle? Oh, look, there's, I think there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons. Um, I was thinking about last night just what my stance on the whole situation is. And I think it's really hard because, especially with COVID, there's not really any other way you can meet people at the moment. I mean, I'm not sure what it is in the other states, but I've been out a couple of times since restricting health is. But even when you're out at night in bars, you can't mingle with other people at other tables. Yeah. You have to stay seated. So for those that aren't in Sydney, you've got our restrictions mean you've got to stay seated at the table. There's no dance floors. There's no chatting across the room. So so it's, there's sort of nothing, and I think it's really hard for people who are, you know, really keen to get the relationships. There's sort of not really other way. So everyone's just kind of having a punt on every single dating app. I think there's different apps that are technically geared towards different audiences. Yep. I've heard that Tinder is... Well, at least for people my age, is more of a, a sexual thing rather than people wanting to get in a relationship. Bumble, I think, is really controversial. It's geared towards women and empowering women because women can only make the first move. But a lot of my friends who are women don't use Bumble because of that reason, because they don't like making the first move yeah. and putting themselves out there and being vulnerable. So I think that's a difficult one. I think it's also really hard because you get the whole field. So you get Everybody who has a semi bit of an interest in you, that opens you up to all the inappropriate sexual comments um, and harassment that, as you said, you wouldn't get in person. And you kind of have to like feel through it and sort through it, and it's a bit time consuming. I asked when. So you're on a conversation. I want to play this out in my head. You're on a conversation, and it starts with, you know, I saw you smile on the app, and it reminded me of a sunny day with a light rain, do you believe in magic, right? And you think, wow, this is really interesting. I've never heard somebody start this. It's better than a hi, how are you? Matt, if I was on the apps, I'd be crushing it, all right? Oh, Just Jesus, Fred, that was a bit rich. Come you know, on. You weren't in the room. Both ladies went, this is corny, but there's something different oh, here. God. Where you let yourself down, you young sure, people, sure, you take sure. chances. Sure, sure. Anyway, so we get halfway through a conversation, and then they ask an inappropriate question. Give me an example of the sort of question that would get you to turn that person off straight away. Anything to do with, um, like, objectifying me. I mean, I have given app dating a go. It's just annoying and time-consuming for me. But 
when you select your photos and your profile, you obviously want to make yourself as attractive as possible so you can afford your best aspect. People who make these comments yeah. will make, they'll identify what you have put out as your best flaws and they'll make a comment about it, whether it's the way that your body looks or whether it's what your hair looks like, you know, like any sort of relation to a physical appearance and linking that into some way, sort of like a sexual innuation or, yeah. or something like that. That's an immediate. I won't even. I won't even reply. Like that's it. I'm not. I'm not even going to say. Please don't say that or anything. I'm I'm just just going to. You know. Even if I thought that that was a really good connection, that's it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to waste time on a dating app talking to people who really don't want anything but a sexual experience. But in saying that, I do have a lot of friends. I know you said before, women are sort of interested in relationship guys, sort of fifty-fifty maybe. I have a lot of friends. (laughs) I guess because I'm a bit younger, so people yeah. are less worried about getting into a serious relationship at this point. But yeah. I have friends who use it as a means to, you know. Get their intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard. Because- you, see, I think that's I'm, – I'm fascinated by the idea of why there's two standards on apps. It is a misconception that – so what the stats are of 49% of people that use apps are looking for a real relationship. About 40% are looking for hookups. It's skewed more from a hookup perspective to men looking for hookups. Doesn't mean it's exclusively men. Part of the issue, though, that's really interesting is women engaging in online um, appified dating often report the idea that the appification of dating has really had impacts on self-esteem and self-efficacy because people tend to judge you just on what they see on the photos. I know someone about your age that's on online dating at the moment and couldn't, it's a guy, couldn't care about the photos, not looking for a short-term hookup, and is met with so much cynicism, it's not working. This is somebody that wants to find a partner. So how do we do it differently? You've had success, Gillian. Mm-hmm. If we took the best bits of your experience and built an app, what would it look like? Uh, I Could think- be money in this mat, write it down. <laughs> if I only knew better, the dating app. Yeah, I think that it would be very much geared towards this is what I want. Uh, if you don't know what you want, then there should be a, a section for that too. And just as much personalization as possible because you can say, this is important to me, this is not important to me. But then again, we already have that in Match.com right? or eHarmony. They've got the whole yep. personality assessment. They speak a lot about that assessment. As a psychologist, mm-hmm. I, I find that concept interesting. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I liked Hinge personally is because it had a space for you to say, do you want children? Do you mind if people do drugs and smoke and drink alcohol? And and that helps you in finding someone that's got the same goals long-term as you do. I find that a lot of times in my experiences dating prior to being on apps, I was with people who it took a couple of years and then we found out we didn't have the same goals. Absolutely. We didn't want the same things. So to knock that out right off the bat, really think would make it easier and more streamlined. And you waste less time. Can we have a little bit of fun with this? Are you guys yes, open sir. to this? So, Matt, I want you to think about the best line that you would use to start an interaction on an online app. I'll do the same because you laughed at me before. Yeah, I did. We're just going to get a, a yay for the day or a please go away. Yay for the day. It's a thumbs up. Okay. I'd respond. Please go away is instant block. Now, don't want you to influence each other. Does it have to be one or the other? Or yeah, there's no middle ground okay. here. Uh, don't, okay. We don't fence it. This is online dating. <laughs> it's the world of commoditizing people, treating them differently. You swipe, they're gone, they're out of your life. 
Give us your give us your opening line. I need a uh, a bio because I would probably reference something in their profile, being like, "I like this as well. Let's talk about it." You know, stop there. So let's. Okay, you're getting. Is that a yay for the this day, guys? To me, actually, a lot. But I have my last photo is of me standing with my snowboard right at the top oh, of yeah. Blackcomb Glacier. And a lot of people, it's a really nice view and it, it looks quite high and it's a little bit impressive, not going to lie. Every, almost, I would say 70% of people comment and go, where is this? This looks amazing. Or like, how cool. They'll comment something in relation to that rather than commenting something in relation to like my appearance or just a photo of me going, oh my gosh, your eyes are so pretty. Yeah. So that's definitely, that happens I mean, all the time. I really. So that's a yay from, see, Matt. Yeah. Straight away. Okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, you know what? I'm throwing that vanilla playbook of yours right out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, come on, give us okay. something different. I may get a double, you know, yeah, come on. go away. Come on, go run, run headfirst into that pit of run uh, embarrassment. Yep. Hey, actors don't like to say the name Macbeth because they're superstitious. Are you superstitious? I don't get the joke. It's but, not a joke, but but like just, you gave it a go, and I feel sorry for you. <laughs> a pity reply. A pity reply. Oh, I just, like I'll give you another go because you kind of seem like you have some sort of interesting thing about you. Okay, so I just got I just got, and I think they're pity yays for the day, Matt. Yeah, I got two yeah. pity yays for the day. But this is where you people let yourself down because a guy like me. I don't care that it's out of pity. You open the door. That's all I need yeah. to worm my way in, exactly. people. I, think, I agree. Yeah, I think having that, um, trying to get something a little bit extra, right, is, is interesting. Yeah. But also, I like the bio thing. Like, Luke asked me about my dogs, which anybody starts talking to me about my dogs, I'm all about it. Yeah. So, and if they're going to be my partner, they have to have. They have um, to love they animals. They have to love animals. Yeah. I brought mine dogs from us that's actually sorry that's that's part of the thing that i really like about hinge it actually forces you out of your like six photos that you can put in it forces you to put a caption they they generate some captions that you can choose from that forces you to put a caption on at least three of your photos so you have to link the photos with the caption and often it's about something to do with your life um and like you know you can make it funny but you know you still have to relate it to the caption so I think that opens up more of like you, you're able to respond more to people's actual meanings behind their post, not just the actual photos themselves. Hypothetically, if there was an app that didn't let you see a photo until you had had a certain amount of interaction, would you use it? Just gut feel. I was actually thinking about this last night. I think it's so hard. It's so hard. So I like the idea. And I like the idea that if you do place a heavy priority on attraction, then you don't have to use it. Yeah. So I do like the idea that if you are open to that, then absolutely go for it. I think that's. I think it would. It's a good thing to have on the market available for use. I, I wonder if an app like that would weed out guys that were very superficial mm-hmm. and empower women mm-hmm. in a very different way. I could be wrong about that, but I'm hearing you guys say that the chemistry is important and photos allow you to do that with the right photographer i could look like you know uh, johnny depp right mm-hmm. 
There's so many effects out there, like absolutely. So they in, and and we had feedback from uh, contributed to the pod from the LGBTQI community and talks a lot about in the gay community the hungry jacks phenomenon. So you look at these photos of a perfectly oiled set of abs or glutes or whatever it is that you're into, and they look great. And then when you turn up in person. It's like that Hungry Jack's burger you buy at 3 o'clock in the morning that <laughs> looks like they've stepped on sort of thing, and it's, it's called, the letdown. It's called catfishing. Catfishing. Yeah. Catfishing. Catfishing. One last question. I don't want to hold you up too much, but when we talk about chemistry, do we do we set ourselves up on acts for this commoditization of dating? Because there is a phenomenon that says that um, this thing is quite addictive because of the feedback you get. Mm-hmm. Do we put ourselves out there in a way that lends to being commoditized on online dating? Um, so I think a lot of the issues that I see in my friends who are around my age, um, they are very afraid to put themselves out there. Uh, they won't approach someone first. They won't ask a man out first, oh, yeah. um, which... I don't get it. I'm not that way. I'm very straightforward. I'm very honest, but I think I'm in the minority. I think a lot of women are very, very, um, they'll wait to be asked a question before they just put it out there. Maybe they already have an idea in their head about what they want, but they don't, they only go on dates with people that ask them out instead of going on dates with people who they know are going to fit their criteria. Um, I've got friends who they, they get caught up on these little things like, oh, his one toe is weird. Or like... Sorry, you know, what? Yeah, it's like something like that. I always thought that he didn't cut yeah. his toenails enough, which like, hygiene, oh, I get it. But like, yeah. there's one... There's something, something you can accept. Yeah. And there's some things you have to look past and love the person anyway or yeah. get to know them anyway. And I think that's, that's something that uh, the dating apps have sort of put out of our minds. Like if this, this person doesn't meet all of our criteria right off the bat, forget it, not yeah. even giving him a chance. Do you think statistics show that one of the benefits of the dating apps is to kind of reduce uh, issues related to alcohol and sexual violence mm-hmm. because you are controlling the environment more when you connect with somebody? And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think there are some apps that have statistically higher records around sexual violence and they're specifically those instant gratification hookup apps and i wouldn't necessarily even define those as dating apps to be honest with you Mm -hmm. but you've also said something that's really interesting there so back in the day matt um i I dated true story uh not particularly meaningful relationships but i dated seven redhead girls with pale skin in a row (laughs) right okay yes yeah true story Italian boys in their Irish collines, it's a standard trope. It hasn't gone away. The issue there is I was lucky enough, the lightning strike, of meeting my wife who is tall, brunette, beautiful, clever lady, nothing like I had ever dated before. Mm. So if I had a criteria about what I wanted, Mm. the universe showed me that actually I didn't know what I want until I found it. Yeah. And, you know, 20 years later, and I want to say for those that think meeting in a bar is creepy, I hit on my wife in a bar, stole her lighter, and I will still say to her mother that her mother does it if she didn't, never smoked, but she did. I stole her lighter because I smoked at the time as well. And it's nearly it's nearly 20 years. I think we, we our wedding anniversary is in a week, um, and it's been a decade that we've been married. So 
I think that online dating is really interesting. And I think there's a perception now that it's the one channel to success. And for Jillian, it certainly has been. Another contributor that said that they had toyed with online dating for a little while, then met their partner. Three years later, they've just bought a house together and they're planning to get married. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's been a study that says online dating contributes to a higher rate of relationships ending, but it's not a particularly good study because the sample size isn't high enough and it actually doesn't correct for other factors that end relationships. There's other studies that contradict that study and say a period of online dating before moving in with somebody is actually probably a better predictor of a stable relationship. Mm. So we don't know about this stuff. It's been around for 27 years now, but the appification, so that that capacity to use your phone as a portal to seeing people, I think that's a new place to go. What I've heard today from you guys is guys shouldn't be sleazy. Mm. And, you know, if we've learned from Aussie Luke, take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. And be honest. And be honest. Be honest. And And love dogs. Must love dogs. dogs. It's a good title for a movie. Yeah. And you guys already have this. It doesn't hurt if you have an Australian accent. That's well. (laughs) I have have an international accent. Matt, from your lived experience and the stuff you've heard from your friends, what advice would you give to women looking at guys from an online perspective? Give me five tips for the young ladies trying to get the attention of guys in your cohort. The the idea for me is that everyone is always looking for connection. And that's something that you've said to me before. We've talked about it on this podcast a bit, right? Technology is supposed to facilitate connection. It's what it's yeah. meant to do. I think we can critique that idea for sure. Um, but that's the goal at the very least. And that's the draw of these apps, be it like... Um, emotional connection, trying to find relationships, be it sexual connection through more physical intimacy. That's what these apps are trying to do. So I get the draw. I totally understand it. Um, I think the the potential for good comes out of these apps when you find someone whose expectation of connection is the same as yours, when they want the same thing. So that to me is the real um, golden ticket to a successful online dating experience is you've got to be of the same mind with the person you're talking to. And that can be really hard to identify because people aren't always honest on these platforms. You know, they, they, someone wants to get in your pants and you don't want that, then they might not be quite upfront with you about that. Um, so trying to, trying to work that out, trying to be clear about what you want, um, is, is a really important goal. And I'm not, do you reckon that's very different from when you're dating or trying, trying to date someone in person or trying to get to know someone? No, I feel like you've always got to be upfront, don't you? I, I think if you, if your heart's in the right place, but I always think that there are those people in society looking to uh, break the rules to advance. Yeah. You just talked about the idea that you would want to keep people away that were just trying to get into your pants. Um, and I understand that. I mean, the pros of online dating that we've learned from the research is it reduces the reliance on alcohol or alcohol-fueled violence in dating. So it's no longer about getting pissed and bumping into a pretty girl at the pub full of Dutch courage. I think that's important. Yeah. I definitely think it's all about expectation. That's the theme that's been through this whole conversation. There are plenty of guys on these dating apps looking for hookups. There are plenty of guys looking for relationships, no doubt about it. But it's sorting through them all that's the real pain in the ass from what I've heard. The other problem with with these anonymous and open source platforms, because you can make any sort of a profile in a lot of these things, is that there are just a lot of guys on there not all that interested in spending time with you in any sort of a meaningful way, I think. 
that's probably the the natural consequence, the unavoidable consequence of these online dating apps, isn't it? There's just going to be a lot of drop kicks and a lot of dipshits, and that just there's no real way around that, I don't think. And so I suspect that's the the biggest challenge to these sort of platforms. From, from what According I understand, according to our Grinder user, if that's what you want, go to Grinder, open your mind, stop pursuing women strictly, go to Grinder, get your needs met, you might. Totally change your worldview. If you want a meat market, go to Grinder. You think there's a high a high demand there, do you, for it? If it's a supply versus demand, sort of demand thing. which is a basic mm. economic argument. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I would also say for uh, you know the or another aspect of the LGBTQI discussion is apps like Pink Couch, which existed for women that are same sex attracted to women and want to get past that fetishistic stuff and actually really are looking for partners in life. Apparently, the behavior is really good. It's less meat market. It's very much about wanting to know the person. So there are examples of ethical apps out there. I'm also fascinated by those things that are designed to empower women, but like like the one you mentioned where women initiate conversations, and that's not going to suit everybody either. I find this discussion really fascinating, guys. We're going we're gonna to say goodbye to you now. We've learned a lot. So thank you, Sophia. Thank you, Gillian. It's been awesome having you. And one last thought I'll give to you, for those that uh, are my age and try online dating, just don't do it. It's going to kill you. <laughs> We're going to start one for people my age re-entering the, uh, the dating world called Unhinged. Oh, yeah, I like that. You like that? Thank you, guys. Awesome. Cheers. Much appreciated. Matt, after many years of getting it wrong, the modern disability sector in Australia is finally doing something right. With the keynotes of choice and control, Care Squared Kids and Care Squared is designed to be a unique service that is reliable, dependable, evidence-based and completely focused on the most important and valuable people in our community. If you're a carer, a participant or support people on the NDIS, reach out on 1300 817 791 and talk about your allied health needs with the Care Squared team. We have OTs, speech pathologists, psychologists, physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, dietitians, and podiatrists all dedicated to the needs of those people in our community that have the most diversity and the most opportunity. Care Squared Kids and Care Squared are about making life better in the long term. We're here to stay we're privately owned, and we're all about you. So that number again is 1300 817 791, and let's make a difference. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.